Never quit a job, ever redefined yourself within one, ever started something in one big or failed. Quit is a call-in show, hopefully helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. Today's Friday. It's actually 420, honey. Does that mean anything to you? Means nothing. To nothing me. to you. It's 4:20 on it a Friday. It means quits 20 minutes. Later. And <laughs> it is March 22nd, 2013. The voice of this uh, this woman you're hearing is Hattie Cook. She's my producer and account manager. And uh, the other guy that's hanging out in here is none other than uh, Garrett Diamond, who I've been told has already been on this show, episode five. Garrett, is that true? That is true. Welcome back to the show, then. And uh, Garrett, you've been you've been very busy. For people who don't know who you are, what you what you do, I'll tell them, and then I'll give out the numbers and such because people, this is a live show, and people sometimes call in. Yep, I think uh, many people know you as the guy who started uh, Sifter, and the way you describe Sifter is it's it's issue tracking. That's one way to describe it. This is the kind of thing that people who want to keep track of, it could, it could be a bug, it could, but it's issues in general. It's a bigger concept than just bugs. Yeah, absolutely. And you wrote this software because you, as a guy who was doing design and development, felt that this thing needed to exist and you hadn't seen anything like this. And you started this thing out and you built it up into a business and this is now your full-time thing. And you did it in a very interesting way, a way that I, I think a lot of people could learn from. Because I say that it's not possible to have a job and run a side business, and it is possible to transition from one to the other and make, you know, make that business, that, that hobby or side business a success, and you've done that, and you also just came out with a new book called Starting and Sustaining. Do you want me to say plus or and? And is fine. All right, Starting and Sustaining, which is a book that you put together that is going to help you plan, launch, and run basically a web application, and it's all of the things that you learned from and I, I mean this in a very good way, all the times you screwed up. <laughs> that is a perfect way to summarize it. All right. So we'll and, be, then, and then some things. Yeah. And a lot of other things. And it, it comes with other, there's, there's a lot that's happening here. So we'll get into all that, but uh, we'll definitely take some calls. And Garrett, you've, you've got a lot of wisdom to share on this topic. So hopefully some of the calls will be uh, things that will be interesting for you to try and answer as well. So again, this is a live show. And the number that you want to dial to call into the show is 512 512- 518-5714. It's every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So if you want to listen to that live, and I have to say this because people don't, they don't go to the website. Nope. They don't go to the website. Mm-mm. So you go to, you go to 5by5.tv slash live and you can listen live. You can join the chat room and become one of the jackals in the chat room. So that's it. That's all I got to do. So the number again to dial if you want to be a part of this show, 512-518-5714. Did you know, Garrett, that people are nervous to call into this show? Really? They tell me this all the time. I get emails from people and they send me these long emails where they're asking for help and I want to help them. And I say, well, you know, yes, this is great. This this 20-page email that you wrote is very informative, but I would love for you to call in. Well, I'm too, I'm too nervous to call in. Don't be nervous. Well, you, you can be uh, intimidating, Dan. How dare you? <laughs> call into the show and talk. You're here, Garrett. I am. All right. Okay, now Virginia is not, Caitlin's telling me it's not a woman named Virginia. It's a guy in Virginia. Okay. In Virginia. Virginia, speaking of people <laughs> who are too scared to call, 
Virginia will never call this show again. All right. I'm ready to get started, Garrett. I think that's been enough of an intro. Can only have so much meta stuff happening. Yeah, that's true. So where do we where do we start with you? We'll get to these calls. Don't worry. But where do we start with you? How did you come? Okay. How did you? What were you doing before you started Sifter? All consulting, web stuff, information architecture, a little bit of design. You know this and that. Dot net noise, and uh, mainly information architecture though. Yeah, just consulting and working with clients and. Were you doing web design, HTML, CSS, or were you the guy who told uh, other not people? Not so how to much. Well, on and off a little bit here and there, but it was mainly more uh, like the exciting things like card sorting and such, interviewing uh, people who use websites and, and all that sorts of stuff, looking for insights and the, uh, oh, geez, you know, just all of that. It doesn't <laughs> say you're not, you're not making it sound very interesting. Well, you know, it is. It's hard to uh, make it interesting without going into the details of each and every project, which all have their little ups and downs, but yeah. the pretty straightforward stuff, basically. But at some point, Garrett, at some point you got fed up with this crap and you said, this is not what I want to be doing. I want to do something else. I want to do something for myself. And you called, you called me and you said, I want to build this application. And you also called your friend, uh, Keith. Well, and at that point, it wasn't even going to be a business. Sifter still is kind of an accidental business because it wasn't, I didn't ever want to make it a business, mainly because I was scared. I didn't want to take credit cards or have customers or obligations or responsibilities. And uh, you and Keith kind of convinced me otherwise and somehow got me past all of that and then went ahead and did it. You were going to do something very noble. You were going to build this entire thing and you were going to make it open source and you were going to release it to the world. Of course. And I said, well, you know, that's a really sweet thing to do, but you could also make this thing a great business for yourself and build an amazing product. And, you know, you can have a direct relationship with the people who are using this. And, and, and if you're making money doing this, then people are going to know. First of all, people are willing to pay for things that they find useful. And, and I actually prefer to pay for things, Garrett. I prefer that, it. That was a very interesting lesson to tell me about to that. Realize. Well, I mean, I I always was more than happy to pay for things, but I just always kind of figured I was an exception. But as I figured out that you know, if you make something and listen to people and kind of create what what they're looking for, it's amazing how many people are willing, very willing to pay for things and support causes or, you know, support efforts by individuals and that sort of thing. It's a lot more fun to, to buy something from somebody you can email and ask a question than it is to buy something from a huge corporation that couldn't care less about you beyond the dollar sign. And I also know that if I'm paying for this, then you and I have a, a relationship I understand. And if there's yeah. a problem, and I can I can point it out to you and expect that you will fix it, Indeed. or else I can stop giving you money, and then, yeah. and then you suffer. So I can make you suffer if you don't fix the bug that I have, or I can just go away. Yep. But if it's open but, source, then you're you know how are you going to do this thing if it was all for free? You were going to. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't last. It. It was being idealistic, and there's no way I would have been able to quote unquote sustain that kind of approach. So what, would have, what do you think happen. would have happened? Why would it have gone away? Um, I 
would have had to pay bills and do other work. And I wouldn't have, I know I wouldn't have made time for it. Because you know what? You can't have a side business and make it really successful while you're doing something else full time. And what you did was very interesting to me. Once you, you came around and you said, you know, I think that you definitely, you agreed that this was something that you could make a really wonderful business and make a wonderful product. And you started out doing that. But what did you do? How did you do it? You didn't quit your job and say, okay, I'm going to go do this thing. How did you do it? Well, I quit my job, but I kept working. I just wasn't working for the man anymore and saved up a bunch of money, paid off the credit cards and lined up some freelance work. And how, did, how long did, did that, that take to, to, I mean, I, we don't need to go into the personal details of your debt, oh, but how I long did know. it I mean, take? I was, I was, I'd always wanted to start a business. I just never really knew what or when or how. And, you know, I kind of just started laying the groundwork just so that I'd have an option whenever something arose, you know, to be able to take, take advantage of the opportunity. And so for the previous year, probably I had just been paying down debt and doing that kind of stuff, setting aside money. And uh, then I started dabbling with the designing sifter and people started expressing an interest and was like, well, maybe I can do more with this and then lined up some freelance work and basically all the, all the stars aligned so that, you know, I just quit the job and kind of go for it. So if you knew that you wanted to build this thing, but you knew that you couldn't start really devoting yourself to it full time. Mm-hmm. Weren't you worried that someone else would build it first? I mean, if it took you a year to really oh, get not, ready to not do it. Not at all. This was bug tracking was, and still is a very, very well filled out niche of products. So, I mean, I wasn't first to market by any means. Um, and, you know, there were always going to be more come even after Sifter launched and there's still more today. They come and go all the time. Um, so, you know, that wasn't a concern. I just, you know, it, it wasn't really worried about what everybody else is doing. I was just trying to think, what would I want to do that's fun that, you know, I could just keep doing theoretically indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of all I was thinking about. You're, you were in a way, you were almost kind of considering building what some people call with, with distaste you were going to basically be building a, a lifestyle business, something that you, you told me this, you said, yes. I, I remember way early on. I was like, well, what's your, you know, what's your exit strategy? And you said, uh, no, I don't have an exit strategy. I just, I just want to build something that I like doing that I like running. Why do I need an exit strategy? If, uh, you know, if I'm just, uh, I don't want to exit, if I don't want to exit. Yeah. Uh, and to this day, I still, there's no exit strategy, despite all of your advice and hounding. Well, I gave up. I gave up. I gave up. <laughs> because, no, and I, I understand that, is that if you build something that's great and you enjoy doing it, I look, and, and I'm, I can't speak for Dan Cederholm here, but mm-hmm. I, get the, I get the feeling that he's having a great time. Oh, absolutely. He has to run be. and dribble. Yeah. How rewarding must that be and how much fun must that be? So why would you want to exit something that you love doing? But you don't always love doing Sifter. Yeah, you know, it's got its ups and downs. I mean, I'd say it's... But the thing is, too, nobody's going to love doing any kind of job 100% of the time. That's just... That's impossible. So, you know, it's just... It's not going to happen. Yeah. And if you're going to hate something, you know, at least occasionally, it's going to drive you mad. You know, look at even being married or boyfriends and girlfriends. At some point... You're going to fight. You're not going to be, you know, it's just impossible mm-hmm. to be 100% happy. So, 
at least now the you know five ten percent of the time that things are stressful or you know frustrating or whatever it is i'm pouring myself into something that is helping me and at least i can enjoy the rest of the time mm-hmm. you know as opposed to just banging my head on a desk for an employer who you know could may or may not really care much about whether it's stressing me out or whatever. Right. I remember there was at one point when you called me and I, we've talked about this before. You're at your wits end. You're at your wits end. And you said I, the, support, times. the support, <laughs> doing this, doing the support constantly, writing the code. You didn't even know how to write code when you started this thing. You taught yourself Rails. You used all the skills that you knew for design and you taught yourself Rails and you started writing this thing. That's nuts. I would have told you if I would have told you don't don't even try to do this. It's too ambitious. But I didn't because I knew you could. Do, I actually knew you could do it. But crazy, that's insane. Build something you don't even know how to build stuff, and you're going to build something yourself. You're not going to take any money. You're going to save up your own money, basically quit your job, and try and build something yourself, having never built anything yourself this way like writing code by myself i'd always been on a team of you know three or four people you never wrote ruby or rails you taught that to yourself yeah not not professionally i hadn't no only dot net and that was a while ago yeah so listen we got to take a couple calls i got to do a sponsor and then we're going to take some calls and then i want to talk to you about the and it's so timely that this onion piece came out right now because this is exactly (laughs) what we're talking about let me do (laughs) Let me do the, the first sponsor. It's Hover.com. Simplified Domain Management. I love these guys. This is the only place I register domains, and I was a customer of theirs before they were ever a sponsor. And the reason that I love these guys is because they're incredibly straightforward and simple and honest in what they do. You go there, there's a search box. You type in the domain name that you want. You register it. It's That's it. They're not upselling you. It almost seems weird these days, Garrett, to not uh, upsell. Oh, well, you can get this service. You can, they do more. They do like email hosting and other things, but they don't push that stuff on you. It's yep. simple. It's a get in, register domain, get out. Yep. They have the .co, they have the .tv, which I really like. I'm a big fan of those. But they also don't forget, and I've been reminding people about this for a while, don't forget about like the .net. If you go to a .com and it's not available, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the .net. They're really, really good, and there's tons of them still available out there. So while you're over there, check out the .net. But I, I love the way that they work, and if you find a domain that's taken, but it's for sale, they'll tell you that too, and you can buy it through Hover. It's really cool. That's very they, nice. Yeah, they have human beings, Garrett, that are doing support. And they put their phone number right on every page there's, of their website. There's no such thing as human beings doing support. We'll talk to you about that too, won't we? Because you do, you do support. You have a helper now, right? Kind of. Okay. We'll talk about kind of. <laughs> Everything's going to be a kind of. Yeah. No it's hold policy. Someone just answers the phone. They do transfers. And that's the thing. People always say, well, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because I still have eight months left on this domain. Even though I hate my current registrar, I'm just going to, that's, I'll wait until the, you don't have to do that. When you switch over to Hover, you get all the time that is remaining on your existing domain plus a year that you're registering it with. So you don't lose that time. There's no reason for you to wait and miss out on the benefits of like their DNS management and everything else. Go check them out. Hover.com slash Dan sent me. One word, Dan sent me. Or just use the code Dan sent me when you're checking out. You're going to get 10% off everything 
that you do over at Hover.com. Hover.com slash Dan sent me. Support the show. Go check them out. All right, let's do it. Let's take a call because these people are, they get very fickle. All right, Pogo. Hi, Dan. Hi, Pogo. Is that a real name? Uh, it is a pseudonym, sorry. Okay, that's all right. Pogo. And you're in Virginia. What's going on with you? What's yes. happening to you? Do you work, um, you work I nights? Work, work, uh, sometimes. It's a retail. Uh, mixed shifts. Um, customer service stooge, I call it. Um, <laughs> nice. It, basically, um, I'm full-time, and uh, they've changed the rules. So full-time people at my store within my company uh, have to work multiple shifts. I mean, sometimes morning, sometimes nights uh, within a week. Uh, so sometimes I'm waking up at five, sometimes I'm getting home at midnight. Um, and I, I don't really know what my schedule is going to be until the week prior. So I can't really plan ahead for like days off and such. Mm-hmm. Um, basically I, I have a, a creative side business that I would like to get more involved with. Um, but I have a really hard time being productive when I can't get into a routine and uh, with my work schedule fluctuating as much as it does. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite nervous. See, that's what I'm saying, um, Garrett. I'm telling you, people are nervous to call into this show. Hattie, why are people nervous to call into this show? I'm a nice guy. I would never call into this show. Why not? It's too scary. What's scary about it? <laughs> you are. How am I scared? You're scary, I'm sorry. How am I scary? You just are. You're, you yeah, get you, all you're angry. Scary. Hattie, you're the scary. You're the scary one. You should, you should see her. She's terrifying, especially before coffee. <laughs> An ice queen. Why am I scared? Okay, listen. What? First of all, I don't... How old are you? Uh, 28. Okay. You're not so young. I mean, you're, in, you're in a retail job. Yes. Um, are, you, are you qualified to do other things? I know you're talking to me about this side business. So hang on before we get... We'll get to that. Uh, what, what else are you qualified to do besides this retail job? Do you have a degree? Uh, well, my... my- my college degrees are in fine arts, so it's mostly that's really only going to get me freelance work. Okay. Um, it's I don't really have the the skill set to to switch that over into like a web design, graphic design, you know, video or photography or anything like that. Um, so for the most part, uh, I don't really have any other credentials that that would allow me to move up. Um, or, or really break into to what I would consider to be my ideal field. What would your ideal field be? Well, what I, what I want to do, um, I, I'm sorry, I had actually, uh, I had left a voicemail in the early weeks and kind of went over this in my head. Um, I, I would like to make comics. Um, I ideally would like to do a web comic. Uh, I know there's a billion of them out there right now, but it's it's something that I'm very interested in. Um, I know it's not something that really makes a lot of money uh, until you get going for a really long time and are able to pull in money from merchandise uh, since the, the whole model is in giving your product away for free. Um, but that's that's something where I, I, I technically could do that and, and have tried to do that along the side. Um, but it, it, the, the the time investment is, it, I mean, like I said, with with the uh, inability to maintain a routine, um, I don't I don't seem to 
be putting out much consistent work. Um, I've actually, uh, I actually had a comic going for a while, um, but I was having a lot of trouble um, keeping an update schedule, and a lot of the work that I was putting out just was not up to what I, my own standards. Um, I wasn't really proud of the work I was doing. Um, and well, I, so I have a lot I, of, I have on, on that. I get uh, just one of the, uh, God, I can't remember who it is. And Dan, you might remember somebody on NPR with the quote about whatever anybody, any of us get into anything like at first, like our taste is just way beyond what we're capable of producing. And so we look at what we're producing and we just are so hard on ourselves. And the only way you get there is just fighting through that until you get to that point where it's like, okay, you know what? I actually am kind of happy with what I'm doing now. And you just keep pushing through. Does anybody know this quote? Iraglass. There we go. Yep. Hang on. Let me go get it and I'll find it. Go ahead. Keep going and I'll. Well, let me, let me, let me jump in and just say this Pogo. I think you're in, you're in a tough situation because on the one hand, you're being honest with yourself about your fine arts degree. But if there's something that you want to, so here, let me just make sure I understand what you're talking about. You're saying you have an idea for another business. You want to do this other business, but you can't really get into doing it because you don't have the time because your current job, which is a dead end job, your current job, and you you said that I'm going by my notes here, what's uh, on the screen is you can't do this other thing because your schedule is so screwed up. How do you even have a life with a, a schedule like this? Or do you? Uh, not really. No, I stay home pretty much all the time when I'm not at work. Not much uh, social life. Stay in with my uh, lady friend. Yeah. Special lady? Uh, not anymore. I'm just helping her conceive. Okay. <laughs> we watched it today. We did That's watch it at lunch so today. We that. did watch it at lunch today. <laughs> Um, talking about Big Lebowski. Okay, so here's here's the thing. Um, gosh, this is a tough one. Well, can, get, I, can I put in my my initial question when I when I had uh, typed it out? Yeah, of course. Kind of really boil it down. Um, because my my initial email was really just way too much. Um, but I boiled it down. Basically, should I consider, or how strongly should I consider trying to get a different uh, passionless day job, even if it was retail or, or anything I could get, even if it wasn't any kind of better pay or anything due to my qualifications, uh, just for the sake of having, you know, the nine to five Monday through Friday, uh, for purposes of letting myself get into a routine, even if the job itself is no better, uh, doesn't pay any better or anything like that. I mean, if you could get into a different job that's going to give you a better schedule, first of all, there's so much that we know about things like sleep patterns and sleep habits. Now, you're 28. You're at that point. Tell me if I'm wrong, Garrett. You have a kid. Mm-hmm. You're at that point where this bad sleep really takes a toll on you. When I was in my 20s, when I was in my early 20s, I could get an hour here, an hour there. I could get a six hours for, for two weeks at a time a night, five hours. It didn't matter. Like I was fine. I'd bounce right back and get one good night's sleep. Boom, back. Now, not so much. And this changed for me in my like late 20s, early 30s. And I'm sure there's people in the late 20s, early 30s. Well, I only get four hours of sleep a night. I'm writing a book called The Four Hour Sleep Night. Whatever. <laughs> fine. 
Good for you. I'm talking about everybody else, which is most of us. Yeah. That and my father-in-law for many years, he worked a regular consistent schedule, okay? But he worked the nights. It screwed him up until he got off that schedule and he did it for, you know, a decade or more. And it totally screwed him up and it was a regular schedule. You've got to get out of this, Pogo. You've got to get out of this. Yeah, I've, I've had this job for coming up on six years and a few, well, several years ago, um, I was actually in a position where I, I didn't always know which days of the week I was going to work, but literally every shift I worked was the same time of day. And that, I, I definitely noticed a change when I got out of that. Yeah, you've got to get yourself in a regular schedule. And you know, I don't I don't know what your bills are. I don't know what your, you know, what your time is. I don't know any, you know, anything like that. All I know is that having a schedule uh that that is reliable, having a schedule that is consistent, having a consistent sleep schedule, having you know, a, a regular schedule in your life is so important. I've read time and time and time again that what you're, what you should be doing is you should, and, and people, people are going to say, oh no, 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 I sleep on the weekends. You should wake up at the same time on the weekend that you wake up during the week. Oh, definitely. You know, you should have that consistent schedule. Oh, I wake up at seven in time to get to work at eight fifteen. Wake up at that time on the weekends. You don't want to do. Oh, I sleep until noon on the weekends. How else am I going to catch up? Well, go to bed earlier. I know that sounds stupid. When are you going to watch your shows? When are you going to watch your soap operas? You know, when are you going to build that other business? Fine. All I'm saying is get on a consistent pattern. And if the job is a dead end job for you and it's a retail job, I won't say just a retail job because there's plenty of great retail jobs out there. But it just sounds to me sure. like you've got to you've got to create something that gives you a regular schedule, even if it's not the best hours in the world. If it's a regular, consistent schedule, and you're going to have your weekends, ideally your weekends free, or you're going to have consistent days of the week free, so you can say, okay, I've got Friday and Saturday off this week, or I've got Tuesday and Wednesday off this week, or whatever. Those are the days that I'm going to work on building my own thing until I can get that making enough money. And you know what the good news is? The good news is if you are if you are working and you have a retail job, I, I'm not sure about this, but chances are you probably are living pretty light. You probably don't have a big house with a big mortgage. You know what I'm saying? You're probably living pretty light. That's going to make it even easier for you, I think, even easier for you to make the transition to running a business for yourself because you're going to need less. When Garrett did it, he had a, a wife, he had a kid, or got a kid through this process, and so did I. And that's a much, much tougher thing to do than if you're like, and I don't know your life, but I'm saying if you're living in like an apartment, you know, and like your your special lady friend is working, you know, then you, I'm not saying lean on her for this, but I'm saying you could probably get to a situation where that business is making five figures, and as soon as it's there, you're like, great, I can do this now. You know what I'm talking about? Does that make any sense? Yeah. What's, what's, what's the quote well, you wanted to read? The, uh, the quote? Yeah. It's long. Do you want me to read the whole thing? Or you want me to try to find the most pertinent part? Yeah, read, read whatever you want, man. We got time. Right. No, this is Ira Glass. And there's a Vimeo video that's done really nice that tells the whole thing, too. It's all done up. But here's the, the basic quote. 
Nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish someone told me, all of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste, but there's this gap. For the first couple of years, you make stuff. It's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have the special thing that we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you were just starting out or you're still in this phase, you've got to know this is normal. And the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work. Put yourself on a deadline. This is the really relevant part. So that every week you will finish one story or in this case a comic or whatever it is. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while. You've just got to fight your way through. That's it. That's a really good quote. Isn't it? Fight your way through. Well, and it's just getting on the schedule just once a week. And I've talked to a lot of people too about writing. They're like, I want to write more. It's just every morning or, you know, whatever that schedule is, every week, write a thousand words, do something, 2000 words, whatever it is, draw, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's sometimes it's really hard. And it sounds like with your schedule, you know, it's even more difficult, but at the same time, you know, I think there's a lot of ways you can, you know, carry a sketchbook or do something and just kind of fill in the gaps in downtime or, uh, there's, there's ways to get creative about it because, you know, like when I used to go on flights, I would always sketch ideas for bug trackers. This is long before I ever had an idea about Sephir. I just was weirdly fascinated with bug trackers. So I would just sketch ideas with no real goal, just work on it. And over time, those ideas started to come together. And then eventually it was, you know, turned into what it is today. So just keep going and find time for it. Squeeze it in. All right, Pogo, what else you got? We're gonna, I'm going to let you go. You have one last thing? Uh, well, well, with that in mind, uh, do you guys feel that it's uh, the 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 finding the time for it and and uh, working and working and work like self improvement and all that? Um, do you feel that it it is uh, would it be with the? I'm sorry. Um, would it be better? with what we discussed as far as finding a job with a better schedule and working to improve myself whenever I can find the time, um, would it be better to spend that time and energy searching for something else or working on the, the ideas that I already have? It depends on probably how much the, the sleep is throwing you off. Because if you're not getting rest, you're not going to be able to be creative. Yeah, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to do anything. I mean, you know, but I mean, if you, you can work weird hours and still get rest, life. then, you know, no big deal. But Pogo, get you your, get, get your rest. life, get your life in order. You can't start something new. You can't start something new until you have your life in order. It's not in order right now. Okay. So you've got to get this in order. Okay. I want you to All get, right. get, get your house in order, as they say. Straighten that out because you know what? The thing you're trying to work on, it, it might be the next big thing and it might fail. Chances are, this is reality. Chances are it will not, it will not be the next big thing. Chances are it will fail. Well, you've got to have something to fall back on for that. And if you have a job where you're working regular hours and you're working five days a week and you're getting good rest, you're going to have your head on right. You're going to get, as Garrett says, you got to get your mind right. 
And you can only do that by being well-rested. And then you're going to have the energy you need to make something awesome. And you're going to have the energy you need to build that next big thing and make it actually work instead of screwing it up. You might have the next big thing idea, right? But you won't be able to execute it because you're not, your batteries are not charged. Okay, so go, go, go get your house in order and then do it. You, right. can, you can do it, okay, but you got you to get that baseline going first. All right, and I know that's not what you want to hear. It's, it's anything is what I wanted to hear. Okay. All right. Go, some perspective. Go do it. Call us back. Let us know what you do. All right. Thank All right. you. Bye. Stephanie, don't hang up. She needs help sorting her opportunities. Before we, do, we get to Stephanie, though, Garrett, I got to do my second sponsor. Yeah, you do. You know who these guys are, Squarespace. Have you ever used mm-hmm. Squarespace? I haven't yet. I'm, I've been more of a uh, static HTML guy these days. Well, static HTML is always an answer. If you're like me, I, I don't even want to do that anymore. I want, yeah. I want everything to be done. I want everything to be hosted. Oh, by the way, if you want to... You want to call up if you're not too scared. It's 512-518-5714. Squarespace is everything you need to make an amazing website. We use these guys at 5x5. Wonderful place to go. Little Ryan takes good care of, uh, of his customers. That's real. He's a real guy, you know. Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment. You can build the most amazing websites. You start out with one of their templates, and all you do to start adding your content is you just drag and drop the content around. That's it. Their layout engine, it handles everything. You do not have to know HTML. You don't have to know CSS. And all of their designs are responsive. They're going to look awesome on a a little iOS screen. They're going to look awesome on a 30-inch screen. It doesn't matter. They adapt. And that's the main thing is you don't have to know how to do it. They just work. They've got an iOS app. Their templates are incredibly nice. They're really beautiful. You could learn a lot just from stealing their code. They have iOS uh, app for this. They've got an Android app for this. You can import the content of your existing blog right into their, into, into their system, into Squarespace, and you will see if you like it or not. Maybe you've been using one of their competitors. Maybe you've been losing, using a free solution. doesn't matter. Import your content, try out their system, and see if you like it. I think you will. Now, you can sign up for, uh, you can go month to month. You can sign up for a year. You get 20% off. You sign up for two years. You get 25% off. But no matter what you do, I, I'm going to give you 10% off. The code that you want to use is Dan sent me three. This is the third month. Dan sent me three. You'll get 10% off anything you do there. And the URL to go to is squarespace.com slash five by five. That supports the show. Oh, wait. Hattie's saying quit. You could do quit. We could do quit. Let's do that. Scratch that. And it's stooge three. Stooge three. Okay. That's still good. Yeah, okay, squarespace.com slash quit and, and stooge three. Either one of those are going to work. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're stackable, though. No. So go check them out, squarespace.com slash quit. And uh, go try these guys out. You get to, you know, try it out for a period of time for free. Highly recommend it. Stephanie, don't hang up. She hangs up. I'm going to be bummed out. She's been waiting a long time. I want to get into the, talking to you about this book. But before I do, I want, to, I want to read a little bit from this great piece at The Onion. Now, the thing about this piece, this is by David Ferguson. I don't know if this is the real guy. Is this a real guy? Or you never know if they're real people or not. I always wonder that. Because a lot of the people are phonies. Yeah. Here's the article. 
Every, literally everybody sent me this article. <laughs> Find the thing you're most passionate about, then do it on nights and weekends for the rest of your life. <laughs> and here, here's, I'll read a little bit of this. And this is in the show notes. Show notes are 5by5.tv slash quit slash 17. I've always been a big proponent of following your heart and doing exactly what you want to do. It sounds so simple, right? But there are people who spend years, decades even, trying to find a true sense of purpose for themselves. My advice, just find the thing you enjoy doing more than anything else, your one true passion, and do it for the rest of your life <laughs> on nights and weekends when you're exhausted and cranky and just want to go to bed. <laughs> it could be anything, music, writing, drawing, acting, teaching, it really doesn't matter. All that matters is once you know what you want to do, you dive in a full 10% and spend the other 90 torturing yourself because you know damn well that it's far too late to make a drastic career change and that you're stuck on this mind-numbing path for the rest of your life. Is there any other way to live? The article <laughs> continues uh, on like this, but it's, it's true. This is there's, exactly how it feels, Garrett. There's one paragraph in here, the two more paragraphs later. Because when you get right down to it, everyone has dreams and you deserve the chance. Hell, you owe it to yourself to pursue those dreams when you only have enough energy to change out of your work clothes, make yourself a half-assed dinner before passing out. That's right. <laughs> I remember, and I quote Gary Vaynerchuk, who I, by the way, I finally met Gary in person. I've known yeah, him online and, and everything else. I finally met him in person at South By. We only had like 15 minutes, but it was great to meet him. Uh, and he's a, he's a very cool guy. And one of the things he said in one of his talks a few years ago, before he had kids, by the way, he said, people, you always ask me when, um, you know, when, when, when can I go and start, you know, when can I work on my own stuff? And he said, well, you have from 7 to 11 p.m. every night and you have weekends. And I've said the same thing to people. You do. And if that scares you, if the idea of, of coming home, eating dinner, and then going back to work on something else from 7 to 11 at night and on weekends scares you, well, it better scare you. Because this article explains it. Before, he, let me read a little bit more from this article. This is, this is perfect. Before you get started, though, you need to find the one interest or activity that truly fulfills you in ways nothing else can. Then really immerse yourself in it for a few fleeting moments after an exhausting 10-hour <laughs> day at a desk job and an excruciating 65-minute commute home. During nights when all you really want to do is lie down and shut your eyes for a few precious hours before you have to drag yourself out of bed for work the next morning. Or on weekends when your friends want to hang out and you're dying to just lie on your couch and watch TV because you're too fatigued to even think straight. These are the times when you need to do what you enjoy most most in life. Natty, you're shaking your head. No, no. <laughs> let me lay down, <laughs> please. <laughs> and that's, that's it. I mean, it's, it's, this is, this is the life that people face unless you're really lucky to do the kind of thing that you really love doing. And you know what? People get up there, look, like, like take Swiss Miss, for example, mm. Tina Roth Eisenberg. Mm -hmm. We just saw her. Give a great talk at South by Southwest. Great talk at South mm -hmm. by Southwest. Key, keynote. Very inspirational. South by Southwest uh, interactive. Very inspirational talk. And she's one of these people. I'm not saying her life is easy because I, I happen to know it isn't. But she's one of these people who keeps having these great successes after successes. I'm not saying she hasn't had her failures. I just haven't seen her have any. You know, she starts Swiss Miss. Oh, I'll start a little blog. Boom, huge success. Oh, I think I'll make a little to-do app. Boom, huge success. And I, every time she does something, I'm like, man, she did this thing and it's so good and people see that it's good and it makes me so happy because like I just love seeing people come up with a good idea and, and I put you in this category too, Garrett. I love seeing people come up with a good idea and work really hard and have it be successful because there are so many folks out there 
who who do the same thing that you did or the same thing that Tina did. I'm not saying it, it's the same idea. I'm not saying like that, but I'm saying they work hard. It's, they have a good idea. They work really hard at it. And guess what? It doesn't pan out. Not every Kickstarter project gets funded. Not every website gets visitors. Not every web application makes money. In fact, it's the other way around. So when I see somebody who figures something out, you figured something out, Karen. Mm-hmm. Tina figured something out. Maybe I, I don't know if I figured out anything. Yeah, I think five by five is a complete failure. Well, I, <laughs> me too. That's both of us. But if you wake up with that kind of fear, and I do. Mm-hmm. See, I, I know people who would say they wake up every morning feeling that, like they're a fraud. I've never once felt that way. But I wake up terrified every morning that it's all just gone. Could be gone tomorrow. Show up and nope, that's it. That's the end of it. My website has no more visitors. They're gone. Or and, and nobody wants to listen to shows anymore. We can't get any sponsors anymore. Why would that happen if I'm here every single day working as hard as I possibly can? And I have people working with me who are really talented and working as hard as they possibly can. Why wouldn't it be successful? Well, because it's life. Right? And this article, it hits home because it, all this is everybody who's listening to this show right now. So how are you supposed to have a job and also do something on the side? You can't do both. You've got to make that transition. You made that transition. Yeah. So how did Still that happen? That how did it happen? What did you do? Uh, basically, I don't know, probably the simplest way is I just took a huge pay cut so that I could spend time on it. I was, you know, lived in a little bitty apartment and uh, I, I put a blog post in the uh, chat room earlier. I don't know if it's still there, if it's easy to find about when I took the pay cut and talking about, you know, you can basically either work more hours or take a pay cut and, you know, make less income, but work fewer hours and have more free time for that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, a lot of people, um, aren't in any situation to take a pay cut like that because, you know, mortgage, family, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's hard to say. In my case, all that stuff came and scaled as my transition scaled. It kind of went hand in hand. So the biggest thing is if you can cut down your lifestyle in any way, that makes it much, much easier Um, in our case, like just lately, my wife, you know, she's at home with our daughter all day and I'm working from home and we had two cars and we realized we just weren't even using them or one of them, you know, I'd use it to once a week to Mm -hmm. go to the gym or something. So we just got rid of it and, you know, we never really thought about it a whole bunch. We always knew we could, but there's little things you can do that add up and over time, but, you know, at least enable you to you know, work a little less or, or kind of can you can you have more control than you realize. It's just not always things that are necessarily easy to uh, get rid of. Like now with our daughter and, and Dora, I don't know that we could cancel cable mm-hmm. or Netflix, yeah. I guess. You know, there's no way she, she's only not even two, but there's no way she'd let us cancel Dora. So, you know, there's there's things, though. Um, the best advice I've been able to do is just find the ways to to lower your cost of living. You know, and then that frees you up a lot. That's the tough part is being able to make those compromises. Absolutely. 
And the longer you wait, the tougher it is. And the more and, responsibilities and, you have, the tougher it is. And the more financial responsibilities you have, the tougher it is. And the longer period of time during which you are making those compromises, the uh, older it gets. Meaning if the company doesn't take off or, or what have you, and you know, you're living with one car, and that goes on for three, four years, but you are so used to having two cars or whatever it is. It can definitely get old. Yeah, very old. All right, listen, Stephanie's been really patient. Let's take her. And by the way, if you, uh, you know what? I don't want to do too many calls. I want this, uh, I want this show to be all about Garrett Diamond because I want to talk about your books. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'll take many more calls, but I'll give you one more chance. 512-518-5714 if you're not too afraid. Stephanie. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. You've been waiting a long time. Oh, it's fine. I, I changed my long distance plan, so it should not cost me that much. <laughs> okay. Hi, Stephanie. So what? What? Here's here's what it says <laughs> here. It says you do freelance work and you need help sorting through your opportunities. Not a bad situation to be in. It sounds like. Um. Well, yeah. I'll give you a bit of backstory. This is Stephanie Chan, by the way. Remember me from Twitter oh, and Ste- stuff like that. Stephanie. Oh, Yay. Hi, Stephanie. Finally, <laughs> you called in. Hi, guys. Finally, yeah, you called you in. Would. Yeah, I know, but you know, yeah. people and people say things. The record, they don't I, I, for the record, I, I really lack fear in everything but one thing in the world, and I'm not going to reveal that. But I have no fear, so here I am. All right. Well, good. Well, welcome to the show. Fine. It's about time. It's about time. She, so you I submit know. links to the frequency all the time. You're great. You're great listener. This is she's a Garrett. This is a model listener. This is I wish all our yeah. listeners were ha- half as good. If they if my listeners were half as good as Stephanie. Aww. So go, so Stephanie, what's okay. going on with you? What do you what what? How can you have a problem? You're a rock star. That's the thing. I'm almost too much of a, not to sound egotistical. Um, I'll just give a quick rundown of my history here. Um, when I pretty much started my adult life, um, I was with a guy who I supported. Well, he was in school full time. So he was supposed to be in there for two years. Um, artist kind of guy. I supported him. I was, I was the supporter while he was pursuing his dreams. Mm-hmm. And we we're going to swap. At the end of his two-year college career, he decided to take two more years to get something else additional, additional document. After that, that other year, I decided that I didn't want to wait anymore. I quit my job. I had a crappy retail job. I quit. I went to school myself. Um, we broke up, though. And then I went to boyfriend number two, and um, where we were both students. And we both were talking one day, and we decided, you know, I love digital, and I love artwork. Let's get into comic books. Comic books are all going digital anyway. So we started pursuing a freelance career in, uh, in color, comic book coloring. And we were able to become flatters, um, that's coloring assistants to um, a lot of uh, various colorists in the industry. And that was super cool. And that was during the Clinton years and stuff. Okay. So that was when the Canadian dollar was very, very low and the American dollar was very high. So basically every $100 American we'd make, it turned to 150 Canadians. So we were just laughing at that time period. But as the dollar... And the economy changed and stuff like that. Now we're more at parity. Things weren't going so well. Um, so then I took up a government stooge job, which I thought would, it would just basically stabilize us and help us through that time period. Um, and uh, meanwhile, he became depressed, and then we eventually broke up. And I am still at that government stooge job. But um, during that time, during the time period of me being at this, this government job, which I was really unhappy then, I was depressed about my relationship, I was depressed about, 
you know, like, like I'm not, I, my job is okay, but I, I, like, I wasn't creative and I'm a very creative outgoing person kind of thing. And I'm in a cubicle. So, um, that's when, um, I, I just, I just worked my butt off. I paid off every debt I had. And then I knew what, that was a great feeling, by the way, for all your listeners here. Once I got rid of all my debt and all my expenses were under control and I was making money that I can invest into my other dreams, Mm -hmm. that's when things really started turning around for me. So, and this kind of almost brings me up to where we are now. Um, my, my, my stooge job, which I still have currently is amazingly flexible. I, I can kind of set my own hours to point as long as I'm in the office of 150 hours a week, I can pretty much work my own hours. And um, the pay is really good. The benefits are really good. So I'm, I'm enjoying that flexibility and the ability to, to I was able to buy a car. And um, I found myself a very cheap apartment. Um, and, uh, and with that money, I've been able to invest in my other pursuits. And along, the, along during that time, I was not only was I doing comic book coloring, I did a lot of websites back in the day. Um, I've been, I always been dabbling in photography since I was little. Um, basically now I'm at the point where I'm trying to, I'm trying to transition out of the government job and pursue one of my more creative things. And, and basically I, I, this is a lot of guessing and testing, which applies to your previous caller too. Yeah. Who's wondering how to work, work it into your life. You, you're not going to figure it overnight. It's going to be a lot of playing around, uh, getting stressed out and, to, and then figuring out what you can, what you can juggle in and how you can work everything in. So I'm at the point right now where I'm very comfortable at balancing my day job along with my my other pursuits. I start I'm starting to uh, to refresh myself back into the web design stuff because I decided at some point that that's the way I wanted to go. I really enjoyed doing the web design and web development things. So I, so I started getting studying, restudying that again, getting back into it. And all of a sudden, all these other things are coming up. I'm getting some offers for doing some coloring for people. I'm getting. Uh, I, I shot a couple of weddings recently. Um, I've been enjoying the social media stuff a lot and uh, and things like that. And I figure the social media I can weave into the web design thing. All right. So, so when you and say then, that you need, hang, I, hang on, hang on. When you say that you need help with your opportunities, yeah. it sounds like you've got a hell of a lot of yeah, things going on. All, 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 there's way too many, way too many things. You got to pick narrow down, narrow it down, Steph, Stephanie. That's, one, that's why I'm calling in because I'm having trying to narrow it down. One thing. This is this then, is the key. I'll just throw in the one more little thing. Okay. <laughs> the one more little thing that that kind of made through me in a loop was that I've been enjoying doing the podcast as a hobby thing. So I want to keep that as my hobby for now. And if it becomes something else, that's awesome. But right now, that's a hobby. But I totally have been fiddling around with podcasting. I, I'm going to start going live next month with stuff. So, um, yeah, you're right. And that's why I'm calling in because I know I have too much on my plate. I, I need to focus somehow all my creative things just so I can focus on getting something to excel at something. You know, this is, and I'm having a hard time trying to work down. Well, okay. So this is, this is good. I'm glad you called. And I have to, I have to believe that there's a lot of folks who are listening to this, uh, right now who are saying, yeah, I have a job that pays okay. I'm not really in love with it, but there's all these other interests that I have. And I think it's, I think there are people out there. I'm not one of them who can have lots of different. And I used to, I used to do this all the time. Just ask my wife of having lots of different projects going on, you know, different balls in the air so that you could say, well, I'm doing this juggling act and I'm going to see which one of these sticks. And one of these eight different things that I'm working on 
is going to stick. And whichever one that is, that's the one that I'm going to do. And my wife would say, okay. And guess what? I was never able to really make any of those things really, really go the way that I wanted them to. None of them were ever really, really great. And the reason is I was always focusing on keeping all of those, of juggling all those things all at one time. You can do all of them pretty good. And if you're really good, I know you're really good, Stephanie. If you're really good, you can, you can, probably, you can probably keep those things going. You can probably get them so that they're all passable. But you'll never have that breakout thing. You'll never have that thing that's far and away going to be like, oh, man, that's the thing. Because you feel like you've got to be doing them all at once or that you'll miss an opportunity if you don't do them all at once. But you've got to focus in on one thing. When Garrett started doing Sifter, he wasn't saying, well, I'll work on Sifter, but I also had this other idea for this other site, and I'm going to kind of kind of do that one at the same time. And, oh, I had this, you know, there, I was building Sifter, and I had an idea about, you know, doing a site that, that would help me, you know, keep track of my bowling scores, and I could share my bowling scores with, you know, my other friends who bowl, and that might make a really neat business. I'm sure he had that idea, but he had to say, well, yeah, maybe one day I'll do that, but probably not because I've got this other thing, and I want this other thing to crash and burn and fail, and that's what people don't realize. I think it's better to devote yourself to something 100%. And that means not doing anything else. It means devoting yourself 100% and have it fail. Even though that feels like a setback, it's still a learning experience. And then you can come away from it and you can say, I gave that thing my 100% focus. I gave it my 100% effort and it didn't work out. And the reasons why it didn't work out are not going to be because I was doing something else or because I was too busy or because I was distracted. That's unforgivable because it's very, very easy. Take it from me. I've done it. It's very, very easy to sabotage a good idea or a good project or miss an opportunity because you're focusing on too many other things. But if you, if you have the right perspective and you, so what of those, of those million different things that you listed, and now I got, I got to let you go, Stephanie, but of those million things that you, that you listed, what of those do the Venn diagram in your head where you have on the one circle, okay. the one circle, things that will make money and on the other circle, things that I love to do and which of those things cross over into both of those. That's probably how I would decide of those things. I'll, I'll tell you what you can make money. For example, you said podcasting is going to be your hobby. It's very important to have a hobby. Um, I pretty much gave up all of my podcasting was my hobby, I guess you could say. But with that as an exception, I pretty much gave up all of my hobbies, all of them to focus on making that thing that was not my hobby, but that was going to be my living, the, the successful thing. Now, in this case, it kind of, they kind of merged, right? Uh, but a hobby is something that you like doing that some people make money at and that you are not currently making money at. But I think it's very possible for you to make okay, money gotcha. doing podcasting or doing one of these other things. I'm not asking you to figure this out right now, but I'm saying, Stephanie, one thing, one okay. thing, one thing, and do that thing so well and kick so much ass doing that one thing. Later on, you can do something else. You can do another thing. You can change and do another thing, but pick one of those things right. and do it. Garrett, am I telling her the right thing? Yeah, the only thing I was going to say was, uh, you know, there's, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and guess that your your fear of picking one thing has to do with fearing potentially choosing the wrong one. 
for whatever reason, whether you end up not being happy or... Actually, no, that's that's not necessarily it, to be honest. I'm not afraid to dive into one, because honestly, I did pick web design, but it's it's more of a thing of maybe... Actually, now that I'm talking about it out loud, maybe the problem is I don't know how to say no when something looks so good that comes my way. That's an important thing to be able to do. Yeah, (laughs) say no, man. So important. Yeah, I think... I think that's what it is. And part of the reason I brought up the the, the previous relationship was partially because um, that was also had to do with, I was putting all my energy into that, but now that I'm single and I realize I put all the energy into myself and now I find out I have a ton of time to work on these things. So that's, that's why I kind of brought that into it a bit because now, now I'm realizing I have to focus on myself and that's like something new I never done before. So um, that's where my thinking is right now. But um I see what you're saying. Like originally, I, I like beginning of the year, I said web design. I'm, that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to update, update myself, get myself some programming in, stuff like that. And then it just, and then all of a sudden, all these other things started coming my way. And now I'm, I, I started feeling lost in the forest. But I like the Venn diagram idea. I didn't even think to do to compare things like that. Well, everything I know, I learned from uh, Rich Stevens. So you know, yeah. go put it, go put it on the Venn diagram. Seriously, I mean, that's the way to do it because there, there's always something that you like to do that you can figure out how to make money with it. And you know, it's it's a big step to leave your 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 corporate stooge job and do something, but uh, you you can do it, Stephanie. So listen, I want you to call me back and let me know what you what you figured out in like a month, okay? Perfect. All right. Thanks for the call. Stephanie. She's pretty cool. Listen, Garrett, I want to do this last sponsor and then I want to talk about your book. Okay. Is that Sounds cool like with you? Yeah. Shutterstock. You're going to find 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, video clips. You just go to Shutterstock. This is the thing. What, Hattie? Nothing. Keep going. Okay. She put her hand. They, see, producers have these uh, hand You're signals. You're supposed to ignore it. That's why I'm being they do silent. These, they do these <laughs> hand signals where they put their, they, this, this hand signal, what the is this? number one. Where you hold up the that number says one. One second. Yeah. Wait a second, which means I'm, I'm screwing something up. No, just okay. let's keep going. Shutterstock. You get, you get the best images in the world. And this is the thing. Not all of us are photographers. Not all of us. I'm, I, I'm actually a pretty good photographer with it when I have a digital SLR camera and I can compose the shot. I'm pretty good. But I'm not as good as these folks. And chances are, focusing on the one thing, focusing on the one thing that you're doing, that you're doing really well, you probably shouldn't go and take your own photographs unless you really are a photographer or want to be one. If you're building a website, if you're writing a news article, if you're designing some iOS application, and you need artwork for it, you need vectors, you need illustrations, you're probably not the right person to do it. And you're probably going to waste your time if you're like, well, I could hire a photographer to go and take that picture. I could find someone to to do some vector illustrations. Yes, you could, but that's burning tons of your time and energy. I bet you anything you're going to find what you're looking for on Shutterstock.com. Great ways to search. They have support, 24-hour support during the week. Everything you need from icons to infographics, you name it. The free browse account. You don't need to enter in any secret information like credit cards or anything like that. You just go to shutterstock.com. You enter in the code Dan sent me three. See the pattern? Dan sent me three. And you're going to get 30% off any of the things that you buy. So buy a lot. 30% off at shutterstock.com. Go check them out. All right, I want to talk to you about this book, Eric. All right. This is a big deal. This is not to be taken lightly writing a book. 
And you talk about everything. Let me just read. Uh, uh, you're not here to promote this thing, are? Right? Is this like a book tour for you? You look on. Is no, this a press no, junket? Not, not at all. Listen to some of the things that are in this book. What should I use for payment processing? What are merchant accounts and payment gateways? What are all my potential costs for running a web application? How do I avoid selecting bad vendors? Where should I advertise and how much should I spend? You advertised on 5x5. Five five. It changed your whole life. How should was, I structure my price? It was very good, yes. How do I generate interest in my application? What do I know whether to launch or keep adding features? What's the best approach for my launch strategy? How do I find customers? How do I know to quit my day job? Stay out for that topic. How do I find and choose co-founders? How much time will I have to spend on support and maintenance? You've done all of this stuff. And you're a good writer, too. I'm not just saying that to make you feel good. Oh, no, I'm not. After having an, uh, a professional editor work over all of my words, I have never... I'm, you'll probably never see me blog again. Not unless we have an editor. I'm so afraid to write now. <laughs> So you come out with this book. Included in this book is a spreadsheet, which is amazing. You've got a project task list. And like, oh, big deal, a spreadsheet. Go to this site, startingandsustaining.com. I have it in the show notes at 5by5.tv slash quit slash 17. Just go and look at this because you've got a sample chapter up there. You've got the included spreadsheet preview. You've got your deck up there with slides, bootstrapping a software product, lessons learned building and running a hosted web application as a solo founder. You talk about all this. It's, it's a, how many pages is it? Two hundred and sixty. Well, it's about fifty thousand words. Oh my so god! So it's kind of like a, a short novel, novella, novella. Is that the is that the right word? I don't know. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to talk to you about this. This book. First of all, people are getting excited about this book right now. They're going to go to the site and they're going to look at the price and they're going to be like, "What? Wait a minute. That's expensive. Can we say the price?" You're, you are more than welcome to say the price. It's 99 bucks. Which is, is really probably more 30 book and 70 spreadsheet. Okay, so talk to me about this. There are people who are like, I saw somebody on Twitter who says, oh, I bet Dan won't ask him about the price because it's his friend. And another guy said, well, if it had been 30 bucks, I would have bought it instantly. But at 99 bucks, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay, so, so talk to me about this. You 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 price. Now let me just let me just go. Can I can I say the Sifter app pricing? Yeah, yeah. Okay, first of all, you have a free trial, of course, and then you've got four different prices per month: twenty nine, forty nine, ninety nine, one forty nine. Can you say how many customers you have on, using Sifter, or is that private? Now say private. I'm not going to uh, pressure you. It's fairly private. Okay, we have about we have about ten thousand active users. Like that, use it every thirty days. Okay, that's a lot. So well, it's all relative, but yeah, it's a, it's a decent amount. That's a lot if you think about the if, fact if the that server. The way I've figured it out is that if the server goes down and people are uh, <laughs> tweeting me and stuff, then then it's a lot. So to me, that's enough to where there's no there's no time where the server can go down a little bit and people aren't upset. That's right, and you and and behind the scenes. You have people helping you. You pay a lot for server stuff. You pay a lot for oh, bandwidth. Yeah. There's tons of hosting costs. There's tons of your own time. Uh, so this is this is a product. It's a great product. And if they want, you know, people want to go, they go to sifterapp.com and there's a free trial. You're not spot. Did you sponsor this show? No. Okay. I knew you before there was a five by five. 
You did. And uh, you later came to me hat in hand and said, I, 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 want, I want a good deal and a sponsorship. And I gave you a pretty good deal. And yes, there was yeah. a single tear running down your cheek. And you said, if, if I don't get the sponsorship, I'm, I'm finished. <laughs> and you said, can you save, save me? And I said, of course, of course I will. Stand up. You know, put your hat back on. We'll fix this. I'm just kidding. You didn't do that. But you did come to me and say, hey, can, you know, what do you think of a sponsorship? And I said, yeah, you should totally sponsor it. I think the audience would love it. And you did. And in, I don't want to ruin, I don't want to steal the thunder of your book, but you talk about that kind of thing in the book. You talk mm -hmm. about a you know, advertising and if it makes sense and when it makes sense mm -hmm. and how much you should spend. 99 bucks though. Yeah, pricing is a tricky, tricky thing to do to figure out. Um, how do you how do you figure out how to price something? When is thirty dollars not enough and ninety nine dollars the right price, or vice versa? How did you know? Have uh, you know? How do you know how oh, to do this? I, I, I'm not even saying I certainly do know. Uh, I've definitely been happy with the sales at the price we've had. That's not to say we would have had more or less at some other price, but um, for me, it was just simply you know if I could go back five years and hand this package to myself, what would I be willing to pay for it based on how much pain I would know it would help me avoid? And I was like, I would probably not even hesitate, even with our little budget back then to pay probably $500 for this. And, you know, of course, nobody's going to pay $500 for a book and a spreadsheet. And... Then I, you know, showed some friends and everybody's like, Garrett, the spreadsheet, I tried making this. I spent, you know, six hours and it's nothing anywhere near this. It's not even, there's a whole bunch of stuff missing. It's difficult to use. And everybody was really encouraging about the spreadsheet, which I kind of take for granted because I built it over five years and molded it and all of that. But everybody was really excited about that. And the book, you know, the people I showed it to ahead of time, they're like, wow, this is great. I wish I had this you know, before I started the company and I was like, okay, so I really, really believe this will save people hours and hours and hours of pain. And it took a lot of time and, you know, we spent a lot of money on an editor and cover design and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's not like I just wrote it and threw it up or do you know how much, Garrett, and, do you know how yeah, much it costs to, when I hired my tax attorney to set up my, and by the way, if you're making, if you're starting your own corporation, go and hire a tax attorney. Yes. Uh, don't do it yourself like I always did. It's an idiot move. It is. You know how much it costs for me to get my tax attorney to set up a Texas LLC, Limited Liability Corporation? He can do this thing and it's flawless. He's a, he's a, he's a freaking tax attorney. He knows what he's doing. And he can get, for some reason, when I would do it, it'd take a month. He can make it happen like in two days. So You know how much he charges? No. <laughs> 650 bucks. That's actually pretty cheap. It's really good price. And he does it. He does it right. You get all the notes and the minutes. You get all the documents. He gets the EIN number. He tells you what, you know how to set the thing up in the bank. He does all of this stuff. 650 bucks. That'll sound like a lot. If you're doing a business and you're starting a business, you want to do it right. Okay, you want to do it right. I don't want to file the wrong paper. I don't want to accidentally yeah. create a C corporation instead of an S corporation or whatever. No. Absolutely he knows how not. to do all of this stuff. And then because he set it up, if there's something wrong, it can be like, oh, dude, let's fix this. And he, and he just sends me a document and, and it fixes it. Although he, that hasn't happened, you know, he'll send me the, the file that, I, oh, you need, to, you need to send this in to file and register here. He just does this stuff. That's what I think of as like this book. It's like your manual, you know? 
It's like your master class. Ninety nine bucks is not a lot of money for this. For what you yeah, do, I this think, is this I is think, like all every failure you've ever had and every lesson you've ever learned, and that's priceless. Yeah, I think thinking of it as a class is probably more appropriate, just because that's not the medium. Though I think a lot of people think, oh, book, you know, nine ninety nine on Amazon, you know, and that type of thing. But I think the and this this may sound stupid, but the other kind of cool thing is after this has come out, a lot of people email now and ask questions they're like so i really want to buy the book but 99 dollars that's a lot of money and they'll just ask me a question and just end up answering it like half the time i'll copy and paste half of a chapter that's the one chapter that's important to them mm-hmm. be like here this is exactly what you need you know from my experience and do that kind of stuff and it's kind of nice i'm excited for you about this book and uh, you were nice enough to send me a, a copy of it Indeed. I've started to read. How could I not? But this is... You're, you're in the acknowledgments. Don't you kind of have to receive one? Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> what if I still want to buy one? You're welcome to buy All one. Right. This is the kind of thing that if I had had this book... And see, I've been writing something, Garrett. And now it, it's not about this topic. Yeah. And now I feel like I'm going to have to charge 99 bucks for it, too. I was oh, going to charge. I was going to charge uh, five, but now, <laughs> I mean, now I feel like I'm being unfair to myself. But this is this is the real deal. This is the real deal, and you're self-publishing it, and you've got it in every single format. No, just PDF. PDF. I thought you were doing the other EPUB, one. EPUB. Well, I want to. I thought so you I said you were going to do it on EPUB because on your well, blog you said you're going to do it on EPUB. I was exploring it. I wrote it all in LaTeX. So that I theoretically could easily create any version. And my initial forays into converting it to EPUB and Mobi were less than impressive. And I could have played with it and fiddled with it a whole bunch more, but I would have had to delay shipping it. And in the interest of shipping, I just put it off. And I figured, you know what, I'll kind of just wait and see if people demand it or not. it's not just a slap together PDF either. I spent a lot of time making sure, you know, typesetting and everything through going down and making sure there's no widows and orphans and all that kind of stuff. So the PDF is, I think, a much more pleasant read. And this is somebody who I have a paper white. I love it. Uh, but now reading this on my iPad mini, it feels easy to read. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lord knows I've read it enough times now. <laughs> I wish all these proprietary formats would go away. And I mean, PDF kind of won. Let's just all do it in PDF. Well, yeah, supposedly though, the PDF doesn't work. Like some people tried sending it to their Kindle and like the ligatures on uh, the font don't do well on the Kindle. Uh, I think somebody said they actually just delete some. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of stinks. And some of the colors like the hyperlink colors don't show up as well on the Kindle. Uh, you know, it looks great on a computer or an iPad or probably a Kindle Fire, but any of the regular Kindles, I think it's probably not all that great on. Yeah, I'm looking at this paper white. It's 120 bucks. Do you use one of those? I do. Nowadays, though, I've really just started leaning totally on the iPad Mini. Yeah, for everything. 
just because mainly carrying around multiple devices is just tedious. And so that's been the biggest benefit, even though the screen is, you know, not retina, it's, I, it's been totally fine for me. It's so dense still. It's small. It's regular old iPad size crammed down. Works great. How long did it take you to write this book from start to finish, starting and sustaining? The whole process was probably six months start to finish, but probably, you know, if I condensed all that down and wasn't working on Sifter, uh, I don't know, probably two to two and a half months full time. Wow. Plus that doesn't include the editor or the illustrator's time. It's a lot of time, man. It was a decent amount. Yeah. I mean, a lot goes into this. People don't understand how much goes into this. If I had known how long it was going to take me when I set out, I don't think I probably would have done really. But once things got going, I kind of felt like I had to finish it. But it was also a really nice break from writing code too. And that's the thing. You've been writing a lot of code. And writing a lot, doing a lot of administrative work. You got people working for you now. Tell me about that. And then, then I got to, oh, we got to go because I've try, been trying to keep this thing under 90. Okay. There's a, we've got a bunch of people that are, I'm not going to say part-time, but like anywhere from five to 20 hours a month doing, you know, bookkeeper, system administrator, front-end developer. Uh, we're getting some more back-end help as well. Uh, you know, as fast as I can, I'm transitioning into more of a janitor slash product manager where I just help guide things and then do all the crummy work that the freelancers don't want to do Mm -hmm. so that they get to enjoy what they're doing. And I just, for me, it's all fun for some reason. So I just try to make sure they're able to work on what they want and I do anything else I can. And yeah, that's it. Just you trying say, to transition more of that. You say in the beginning of the book that your only wish for the book, your goal, your goal for this book is that you want to help people be successful with a lot less effort than it took you to be successful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's a lot of too, like, you know, if people have questions, I don't know how many people in this room are looking to start web apps. Yeah. I figure that's probably a fairly unique niche. Yeah. But maybe not. I'm, I'm all ears. When people email... And I'm pretty quick to reply to usually, you know, within a few hours um, and love to, you know, answer questions or whatever, whether people buy the book or not. I really don't care. Like I said, I'm real happy with where it's all at. And now at this point, I just as soon help people and, you know, send out, you know, if somebody has a specific question. It's like, oh, you just need this chapter here. Read that, you know. Um, so if anybody has questions, please, please don't hesitate to email love answering those um i don't know that's kind of my no investments no investments in this really well in 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 sifter or the book sifter well sifter had keith put up a little bit of money a little bit but but you're talking about like going to a friend saying you know i need a little money well yeah and he's still actively involved in it too it's not it's not it's not like you just sat back and you know took some vc money money. and what about in the book i mean how did you how did you fit this in doing all of the other stuff that you were doing um i don't know just kind of juggled it this is uh another great the whole time you were talking about uh telling stephanie how she needed to focus i was thinking yeah that's uh that's why i kind of regretted writing the book or committing to it 
But at the same time, once I kind of got going, you know, it was the momentum just carried me through, but it's hard to do multiple things. And I'm always my, I'm just like, uh, Drew Wilson who does, uh, Runs a, runs a conference, builds iOS or uh, Mac apps, builds web apps, and Spacebox, the app that I use for the sales, he built that. He like does all of this stuff. He makes icons. He He's just all over the place. I have no idea how on earth he gets anything done juggling a dozen things like that because even juggling two things was difficult for me. I don't right. know how anybody could do that. I have no idea either. I got to do one thing and I got to, I got to do a thousand percent or a hundred percent. You can't do a thousand. Yeah. So the this least. is the URL starting and sustaining.com. I've got this in the show notes. I've got your site, Garrett diamond. There's no D at the end of diamond. It's just, that's just the way you spell it. Diamond. That's in the show notes. Sifter app. Wonderful issue tracker. All of these links are in the show notes. Show notes can be found at five by five TV slash quit slash 17. And you yourself are on Twitter. Is that correct? That's 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 pretty correct. Yeah. It's Garrett Diamond on Twitter. And that is again in the show notes. I'm Dan Benjamin on Twitter. And if you want to follow me there, that would be very kind of you. Sometimes I say things that are worth reading, not always. And uh you're in Texas. Garrett, when are you coming to Austin? Soon as I can, man. Can never get down there enough. We're going to take a family trip down there, hopefully, in the next uh, next few months. We'll see. It's got a, got a kind of busy travel schedule to cram it in, but we want to get out of town and come down there. So For sure. It's a great, great town, and we'll, you know, we'll have you here in the studio when you get out here. So, uh, so thanks very much for being here today. Thanks to the, yeah. uh, the people who wrote in. Addy, I think next week I really am going to finally just do the just email. Really? For real? I think for real this time. Okay. I believe you. Okay. But if you want to uh, send me an email uh, to have me read it and maybe help you on the show, because apparently I'm scary, 5by5.tv slash contact. You're not. I know. But quit from the list. Send me your email. Check the box if you want me to read it on the show. Obviously, you probably would. But if you don't, for some reason, at the top of your email, say, yeah, you can read this, but don't call me by my real name. And I won't. You next week is going to be the, yeah put that at the beginning so I say but that's going to be the big show Addy next week the email show Garrett I feel like I can do it now that I finally had Garrett on the show it's like full circle yeah Garrett thank you so much for being on the show absolutely thank you Dan thanks to everybody for uh, for tuning in we will be back next week live please join us live at uh, 5by5.tv slash live and that will be at 5pm eastern time next Friday thanks and have a good week <laughs>